right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Got an interview coming here shortly with Brian Harmon. Want to thank our friends at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic uh, for setting us up with this interview. Uh, Brian will be traveling over to play in that event for the very first time. We talk a little bit about some of the opportunities that come with winning an open championship and having a claret jug and the changes in the FedEx Cup schedule and the PGA Tour and how it allows him the opportunity to uh, go to an event he has never been to before. And of course, you can tune in and check out the Hero Dubai Desert Classic this week, January 18th through 21st at Emirates Golf Club in Dubai. It is part of the first, it's actually the first Rolex series event of the year. Rory McIlroy, of course, will be there trying to defend his title and trying to become uh, the first person to win this event for the fourth time. It has a $9 million prize fund and is one of the most anticipated sporting events in the UAE, of course, taking place at the iconic Emirates Golf Club. Uh, I once asked David Cannon, the uh, famous golf course photographer, what his favorite place to go is to photograph uh, professional golf. And he said it was at Emirates Golf Club here in Dubai. It is the 35th edition, the longest running golf event in the Middle East. It is a sustainable geo certified event. Also the first in the Middle East and on the Rolex series. Uh, Just incredible views, awesome viewing. It's always great morning viewing uh, over here in the United States. If you are an American viewer, you can tune in to watch it on the Golf Channel as well. Again, that's January 18th through 21st. Thanks again to them for setting up this interview. Without any further delay, here is Brian Harmon. Little new start to the year for you. A little different flow of uh, flow of events. You're going to Dubai for the first time. Tell us about that. And yeah, I'm stoked, man. I've, I've never been. Um, opportunity came up. I jumped on it. I'm really excited to go. I, I've never been that far. Yeah, everyone's raves. You know, my coach Justin Parsons. He was lived in Dubai for ten years, so he's gonna come. He's super excited. I'm bringing my wife. You know, it's gonna be like vacation for us. No kids. And we're excited to go. It's a long way to get there, but I'm excited to go. I, we're gonna get to. I'm sure a lot of things in life have changed in some way, but this. Yeah. You know, is this okay? The combination of a couple things here, right? This is the first year the FedEx Cup starts now in January instead of you know in September or whenever it started. And two, coming off a major championship. Uh, win this past year. I imagine your schedule may look different. Your planning may look different. What what kind of goes into, you know, deciding to do do something like this? Uh, it just kind of fit. Like I said, I hadn't really had any opportunities like this in the past. So go play a new course. I haven't played much on the DP World Tour, so I'm excited about that. Um, it's a great field, big purse, cool place, warm weather. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta go do it. Do you, but do you usually, when you're starting the year, are you like, are you thinking, all right, let's not get behind in the FedEx cup. Like you gotta get, yeah, the, uh, for yeah. sure, man. It's, um, that's always been, that's all, at least, I mean, this year is a little different. I've been on tour long enough now where I've seen it like go from one <laughs> or fall matters. Doesn't matter. Matters. Uh, yeah. Usually I've been worried about the FedEx cup. You know, we'd already be, you know, it's five months into it. Um, so it's gonna definitely gonna be a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, I'm always worried about the FedEx Cup. I'm always trying. That's kind of the that's kind of the rub of the year round stuff. And now it, it, you know it's even more important. So gotta get off to a good start. Uh, yeah, it's just that's part of living on tours. You're kind of always worried about something. You're always trying to get out ahead of it. Not buy yourself time, but I mean, you, you don't want to get off to a slow start. That's for sure. Well, it's no matter what level of player you talk to, like they 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 talk about in some way talk about eligibility and talk about like retaining status, yeah. right? And like what you know, I forget. We've had you know top ten players in the world talk about like yeah, winning again gets me guaranteed two more years. And you're like, whoa, wait a second here. Like that's yeah, not how it's fans always view a, it, you know? Yeah, it's all it's always in the back of your mind. It's what uh, I mean. There's very few. There's very few guys that have never had to worry about it. So the vast majority of guys, the, it, you're always thinking about it. So having a little bit of a cushion certainly helps. But it's not always a good thing. I mean, I've played some real shit golf like with a lot of cushion. So it's kind of nice. You know, I've tried to not get too complacent, you know, even though I got a, a long exemption starting this year. You know, you have to – I think there's a couple different ways. Either you can – slack and not not do what you're supposed to do or you know you take it as you know some insurance like well i got a little while to freewheel it and 
kind of push the envelope a little bit and kind of see what I can get out of it. I was to say people, I feel like this is when people maybe would start to tinker, but you don't, you don't seem like a tinkerer. You, you swing it the oh, same yeah, way. Man, I'm such a tinkerer, Are you? bud. I could show you in this barn. I've got every single, I've got, I, I, I would, I would challenge you to, to think of a, uh, swing gizmo, like a training aid that I don't own. I, I own all of them. Oh, it, it never looks different. Like you're swinging for forever. No, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't change a lot, but I tinker, I tinker a lot. Not really with my swing, but I'm always trying to find stuff that helped me kind of do what I'm trying to do. I'm always kind of do trying to do the same stuff, but I mean, that, that, that algorithm on Instagram, I mean, it smashes me with, <laughs> dude, you are not training. Aids. You are not. I'm the training aid king, but I got all of them. I'm telling you, I've got everyone. You are not the first major champion that has come on this pod and been like, yeah, Instagram has influenced my swing. And like, my- it has, dude, you can't, I mean, you watch it. It gets, it's like, it's, you know, it's like inception. It just drops the little, the little breadcrumbs. And you're like, Oh, I, I wonder if I can, so dumb. you should be teaching these things so you should not be picking them so on instagram what what let's nerd out then on that what what is something that you would tinker with what's something you're working on now or something that you know uh is is an example of something you fight or that you're always battling i'm always i'm always underneath like whenever my irons get off it's always underneath and i've always been able to keep the ball in play really well i don't hit it super far but i keep it in play it's just kind of like the you know the slow drip just go 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 and uh, like kind of, I feel like my strength is like once I kind of get something, I can do it over and over and over and over again. And just kind of like, you know, just kind of wear, wear the golf course down. I feel like I can put a lot of pressure on it. So, but there's always like a couple of little things that I'm trying to make sure it's like a litmus test. Like, can I do this with a six iron? If I can't do that, then it's like, well, I can't do anything else until I can get it, get it just how I like. It. So I'm always trying to find different ways to, to make, myself achieve the same thing it's like once you use up one way to achieve something it's like it doesn't have the same potency the next time i don't know if that makes it does it does we're all we're all all lunatics man i mean well it's like we're all we're all crazy people the second you start to all right as a swing field might be like all right i'm flaring out my back foot a little bit more you know and at setup but like the next day that might feel more normal and you might be over flare. Like the adjustment, when does the adjustment stop and when does it become natural is something that at any level you can't ever master. I imagine. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, stuff just doesn't work every day because your conditions change. Your body changes a little bit. You don't get as good as sleep. You don't, you know, something's not quite moving the way it was. And so that's why swing thoughts just don't last. But if the themes like the themes are what I like to focus on, like, can I hit a full six iron and have it not draw, you know, too much? And when I can do that, then I'm like, all right, I'm in a good spot. Like the rest is kind of up to me. Like, am I, how, how's my short game? How's my putting? You know, can I flight the golf ball with a driver? Like and if I can do all those kinds of things, it's like, well, I just got to go to sleep, get something good to eat. Now I'm ready to go. Is there something to, uh, you've played a, so much competitive golf now in your life. There's something to, I don't know how to ask this question, right? When, when you go like compete now, are you able to block out thoughts as to, wow, if I, if I finish top 10 here, this means this, if I do this, blah, blah, blah. Do you have enough experience now where like, you just don't, nothing seems do or die or life or death when you are competing in a, in a round of competitive golf? It's certainly gotten easier. Um, but I mean, those thoughts are very intrusive and I've had lots and lots and lots of them. And the only way that I can uh, temper those thoughts is like, uh, and I've talked about this a bunch, like I take the end product, like, all right, like I want to, I want to win the golf tournament. And then I just go backwards, like little baby steps. Like, okay, how do I, how do I win the golf tournament? Well, I'd like to have a two shot lead. I'd like to be able to bogey last hole. Whatever. How, well, how do I get a two shot lead? Well, you know, just you just keep going backwards, and it always ends up to like, all right, if I want to win that golf tournament, I've got to like whatever I'm doing right now, like I have to do it really well. Like if I'm practicing at home, if I'm chipping at home, if I'm putting at home, or if I'm on the 17th hole of that tournament, like I have to do this next thing really well. And if I do that thing really well, then it'll make the next thing a little bit easier to do really well. And like over time, if you do all those things really well, you'll end up like where you want to be. Hmm. That's interesting. So it just, it, just, it, it helps me like, cause I, I love to, I love to, uh, predict the future. Oh, if I can, 
you know, if I can, if I can just par this hole, then I can have, you know, whatever. And that don't work. I was going to say, that seems the opposite, right? Of, of, you know, the, 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 the one shot, not, of, one shot of time cliche seems to rule the day for, for good reason, from what I could tell, right? You can't, you can't. Yeah, par it's like, two. all right, like, okay, I'll, like I, I have to make par here. What's the best way to make par? Well, I have a 10 footer for birdie. What's the yeah. best way to have 10 for a birdie? Like, well, if I'm attacking it from this part of the fairway, that'd be really easy to hit it to 10 feet. Well, how do I get it there? Well, I have to hit a, a tee shot. You know, well, how do I hit this tee shot? Well, I got to be in a good process and I need to like go through my routine. So it's like, hmm. you know, just, just baby steps backwards. Never, That's how I like. I've never heard of it going, going the other way. I may need to, may need to try that, but have you Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you look at your like driving stats, you see, Gaining strokes, gaining strokes, gaining strokes year over year, year over year, year over year, despite not being one of the longer hitters out there. Have you ever been tempted to, you know, increase speed a little bit, increase distance a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'd love to hit it 30 yards further. It would make, you know, make things a lot easier. But if I hit it 30 yards further, you know, my short game might suck or I might be a bad wedge player or I might not, you know, be able to do some of the things that I can do really well. So I'm cognizant of it. I try. I don't try really hard to hit it further. I try really hard to not lose any speed. Like I don't, I don't want to get older and to just have it like incrementally start getting slower and slower. So I try to keep myself in really good shape. I try to stay really active. I mean, I'm hitting as far as I've ever hit it. And still, it doesn't look like it on the stats, but, and you know, I'm comfortable in holes, like taking stuff on that a lot of guys aren't. And so that's where I try to pick up, you know, a little bit of advantage here and there, especially places like Harbortown, Colonial, yeah, I had driver all over those places because I feel like I can thread it down there. And, and, um, I haven't had, a, I don't have a really good answer to like the great big places where carry is really, really important. You know, I'm going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage there, but I just got to chip and put a little bit better that week. Not to do a whole distance debate. Just, I want to ask a specific question around this though, is I, I feel like, you know, a player in, in, in your, in your shoes, you have to deal with certain bunkers and, and obstacles in your way that aren't in the way for a Roy McElroy. And, Right. We're a long ways away from this, but when the rollback comes to you know comes in in 2028 at the professional level, do you see any advantage to be gained for you in terms of all right? Well, now the long guys are gonna have to deal with this and play. Listen, I'm still gonna be behind them. Maybe it's even exacerbating yeah. that difference, but they're gonna have to play the same pads that I'm playing. Is there anything to be gained from that? I'm just skeptical because I'm skeptical because of the data that we looked at it's it's like there's two very different sets of data that we've used to arrive at two different conclusions. So you, you listen to the tour and it's, you know, this is it's a certain way. And then the governing bodies present it in a completely different way. And you look at the way that they get their data, scrub their data and present it. It's like something right here. I mean, these are two totally different like data sets. And so I'm not sure what to believe. Obviously the governing bodies have an agenda to roll the golf ball back. They're concerned about, golf course um uh the tour the tour tour is going to be change averse so i I understand that both have um we're not objective looking at this it's almost impossible for the pga tour other governing bodies to be objective when they look at this they have they have something that they want to do and they're going to find the data points to make it look right i haven't looked i just i wish we could at least come together and like agree on the numbers the <laughs> some of the stuff i've seen is like like we can't make decisions based on this stuff like it's not it's not it's not good enough the research just the the inputs the inputs aren't aren't good enough for me to like feel really good about a decision either way well it's really really complicated right i've i've studied it i've read all the reports and i've i've heard all the arguments and i it is you can make exactly what you said you can make any argument work i yep. can debate myself on this and i can mm-hmm. make you change your mind every every 10 minutes on whether you should or shouldn't roll it back because there's points to be made. Hey, golfers are more athletic. Of course, that's why it's going farther. Okay, well, there's a push and pull that comes with that. The golfers are taller now. It's like, well, no, I think there's just there's more tall golfers out there because they're the reward for distance is, you know, it, it is really, yeah, really iterative. Not- what even with a ball that goes farther, if you move it back, the, the farther you move it back, you to, to from to 220 from 200, the shot pattern is gonna look really, really different. Like really oh, different. Uh, yeah. A hundred a hundred percent. And then it's it's like my my generation, we no one cared how far we hit it when we were kids. Like you tried to hit it as far as you could, but we didn't train for it. And that's been the difference. Is as uh, you know, if I as, as I progress as a pro, it's very important to hit the ball far now. 
And if I could go back in time, I would have trained. I mean, I would hit it much further because I'd have been training for it since I was 12 years old. But we you and I, but no, one, you, no one cared. But we grew up in the same, you and I are the same age. We grew up in an era no where dude, that ball spun nope. off the planet when you tried to crank it, right? There was yeah. a balance in whaling on the ball. And that is well, where. There, and there was always, there's always like freaks of nature that could hit it further than everyone. But it, it was not such an advantage that everyone's like, oh, I have to be able to do exactly. that. And, and now it just seems like, and I, don't, I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think technology is better. I think our training is better. Like when I first got on tour, like we, like we all party, like we all partied. No one parties. Nobody. Anymore. Nobody parties. No, no one goes out. Everyone goes to bed. Everyone goes to the gym. Everyone gets in an ice tub. Warm everyone attack. eats well. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we, we train to be athletes now. And, and that's, that's part of guys hitting it further. I've got my, my crazy, like whenever I get done with golf, like I, I'm going to look at the, the agronomy. I think the agronomy has got a lot to do with it. It definitely um, lets it roll farther, but that doesn't explain the, di- the increase in carry distance, right? So No, but um, I think the carry distance stuff here is because like a lot, of, a lot of times over here, we play on like non-native grasses. So we have to water them. And so if you get any rain at all, the ball doesn't roll as far. We want green grass. I mean, there's a whole, it's a whole, yep. well, a lot of there, that is really not fun, but what you just, the tease there does sound like a lot of fun. What was the party scene like in the early days out on tour? Who was- oh, it was great, man. <laughs> I mean, that, every tournament, it seemed like there is like a party tour, like every tournament would throw, you know, have some awesome party where the food was great and everyone was just ah, high-fiving and, you know, just isn't that way anymore it it, it isn't it isn't that way we we're had, all grumpier i know that we had lee trevino on was, he was telling stories from his oh, day that beauty, sounded like a God, he's a beauty a totally different level that i didn't fully appreciate even oh, no. back then i love lee <laughs> i love lee. he's always been so sweet to me he's a good he's a good man so you, you went on Dan Patrick after you won the open championship and you, he, you know, there, he asked some kind of question about life changing and you were quick to say, you hope that life doesn't change. That was, that was very shortly after you won. Uh, it's been six months or so since that, that has happened. Has life changed uh, in, in many ways since winning in July? The requirements um, and the ask and stuff, I mean, just stuff you would think, you know, the interviews, stuff like that, that kind of stuff has gone up. It hasn't been a bad thing. I've enjoyed it. Um, I like, shooting the breeze. I like having these conversations. I like, I like talking. I feel like I learned a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, but my life like at home, not, not really, um, hang out with my kids, hang out down at the farm. We've got, uh, you know, we got this huge like beaver problem. We're trying to trap these beavers. So it's like, no, I still got the same, you know, I still got the same problems I had trying to keep the grass mowed and keep the deer happy. And, it, that's that man the, i don't know you at all but you know we've never really talked before this and, and i've always just my out from sitting, sitting far away my assessment of you and i mean this in the nicest possible way is like you don't really give a shit about much of what anyone thinks or says about anything like you're truly you're in your own world you stay in your own lane you know you know man i just i just <laughs> like I, i've cared at, i mean there's a time in my life when i cared you know I just, I mean, I've got a, I mean, yeah. just you grow up, you get a family, like you got a, you got a kid now. I mean, you just don't care. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, it is, a, it's a nice place to be. Like, I don't know, like I, I keep, I, you know, cause they said some, they said some wretched stuff to me, like, on, you know, the open championship and everyone's like, Oh, like, what was that like? I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, I don't know these people. <laughs> There's is a bag say whatever they want to. And that's like, it's a nice spot to be where it's like, that's like all my friends are the same way. Like we, we rag on each other and you know, we say horrible stuff to each other. Cause it's like, you can't say anything that's going to hurt my feelings. How would 25 year old Brian Harmon have handled that? Like being heckled and, and, uh, Oh, I'd have been so, I'd have been so mad. Yeah. So it's it's so unfair. (laughs) (laughs) What was said? I mean, I, you, you, some interviews you've said you can't repeat it. What was this? Is this is an unfiltered podcast? A lot of a, a lot, a lot of a lot of height stuff. A lot of short. A lot of short stuff. A few bald stuff. I mean, it was just, it just reminded me of like some of the stuff we used to yell at the other fans at like SEC football games. Yeah. Just the nastiest thing you can think of. 
Well, it seemed like you you uh, you were just right. You know, I heard you say as well, like they they don't want underdogs to win this tournament. But I feel like you were like in a Goldilocks zone of like you weren't a big enough underdog for everyone to get really really inspired behind. You weren't like a Ben Curtis crazy, you know, right? Yeah, four hundred like in the world. Yeah, the world just, yeah, I was like twentieth in the world. Like there was only. Nine, there's only 19 guys that were supposed to be. That <laughs> and, so. and one of them's a hometown kid. Like, uh, it adds a little extra emotion to the oh, situation. <laughs> one of the first guys to give me a hug when I got done. Tommy, sweet boy. What uh, do you go back and watch highlights from all that? Like, do you, have you have you have you relived that at all, or is it is it part of the past? Um, I watched about 20 minutes of it the other day. Uh, I was laying in bed. It was on scrolling through saw it on the golf channel started and i was like oh god damn uh that damn pre-shot waggle i was like i can't watch this <laughs> i was gonna ask much. about that it's too much i hate it i can't watch it it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever heard yourself like on an interview you're like oh my gosh you sound like you sound ridiculous right <laughs> that's why i had to get like, fancy microphones know. to make us sound actually professional because i hated the sound yeah, of my own voice yeah. but what what uh yeah, everyone does well, everyone does when did the pre-shot waggle uh, is that a is that a newer thing i, I don't really recall yeah noticing it's like i don't know it's like some it's some sort of anxiety uh thing that's come on later i hate it um I've told the story a bunch, but when, when I first got on tour, I was like one of the fastest guys, fastest guys on tour. That is right when they started the shot link where they timed, I was top five. Um, fastest guys. But I, I would hit like two or three shots a day where I wasn't ready. And I would miss a short putt, like trying to tap in or, and it was always like a, it was always like an, not like an ego thing, but almost kind of like a showing off like, Oh, I'm good. And I play fast, <laughs> like just pointless. And then, um, I can't remember where I was watching it, but I heard Jack Nicholas was like, yeah, people, people criticize that I stood over the ball too long, but I never hit a shot until I was ready to hit it. And I'd tried like this, you know, the routine, like, Oh, don't two looks and go or whatever. And it just, so I just got to where I, I was like, I'm just going to stand over until like, I'm ready. And it started with my putting. Cause I would miss, I wasn't very good inside of five feet and I would, I was like, I'm going to stand over this putt until, like, I know it's going in. And it just kind of crept into everything. And um, I just got, like, it. I mean, I got the, the practice swings are better. The practice swings around the green used to be really bad, where it's like, yeah, that one wasn't right. That one wasn't right. That one, you know, it's like, I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> you start you know? thinking about it. <laughs> because, like, you know, slow play drives me crazy. And, but then it's like, I started playing really well. So I'm like, damn, like I have, like I can't just like, so like I'm cognizant of it and I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing some of this mental stuff, like trying to like just get to that place a little bit quicker and I'll get there. But I mean, you're winning, if you win in tournaments and you're playing really well, it's like, I'm not super motivated to like, no. And that's, you know, flipping around. It sucks, man. I hate it. I hate it. That you, you said it there. And that's what people, I think it's going to be, you know, nails on chalkboard to hear is like, there is no reward for playing fast on tour. And there's often I know, man. There's nowhere to go a lot of times. Like if you're going to have 156 people in a field, there's almost never somewhere to go on Thursday and Friday. No. And I taught, and I've never, I've never been fine for playing slow. I've never really, really been close to getting fined. Um, I talked to Lucas Glover. When I first got out there and I was like, Hey bro, like I'm out here twiddling my thumbs all day. He's like, man, if I could go back and do it again, I'd just play some more. Like there's, there's no, like, you know, you're not going to play better if you're going to go hurry up and wait on the next tee. Right. Like, and just no, I mean, going play nuts. fast yeah. and miss a bunch of cuts. I don't want to do that. <laughs> get to the parking lot faster no thanks a quick break here to check in with our friends of course at roback you all know roback best fit best feel the subtle dog logo it is absolutely everywhere they are fresh off new restocks of our favorite polos hoodies and q-zips there is not better gear to be wearing when you're playing golf or when you're just out and about the fit the feel the quality it's all perfect it's just so comfortable uh i cannot i feel like my day does not start until i've thrown a roback hoodie on uh they got brand new performance polos the material is moisture wicking has great stretch the collar is crisp it does not lose its shape it just fits way better than those old boxy polos do and of course the performance hoodies my favorite hoodie to wear anywhere both on the golf course and off the golf course um as i've said before my fate the favorite one of my daughter as well she loves to nap uh, it's got to be a rowback hoodie for, for, to, for to fall asleep. I don't know why, but it does. Uh, lastly, the performance Q-zips. I'm really appreciative of the new ones they've sent over. Very crisp. Navy blue, of course. You know I love the navy blue. 
Great classic look, soft performance fabric that makes them incredibly comfortable, and they're the definition of versatile. And if you haven't already, it is time to load up on some Roback, both for yourself and for others. Code NLU at Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com, 20% off bottoms, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. Get ready for the golf season with Roback. Back to the pod. You have a huge lead going into into Sunday at, at Liverpool. What... The weather, you see the rain in the in the forecast. You see the rain coming down on Sunday. First of all, what's it like trying to kill time on that Sunday? And two, seeing the weather, are you happy about that? Are you a little nervous about that? Anxious about that? What? Uh, I was I was not happy about that. So um, get done Friday. It was super windy Friday. And I had a good round, and then Saturday is supposed to be terrible, 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 terrible. And we get out there, and it's perfect. Like no wind, like very little rain. I'm like, ooh, this is great. So play play decent Saturday, and then you know Saturday night I'm looking at the weather. And Sunday is supposed to be like terrible again, and I'm like, what do they know? You know, like they missed the day. Tomorrow's probably gonna be the same. I wake up the next day, like look through the blinds, and like, uh oh, <laughs> like it is, it is not good. And so uh, I I've had a few hours to kill. I'm just drinking coffee. I got a little something to eat at the house. And uh, I get out there, and it's just, I mean, it is dumping rain. And everyone's got, like, full-on rain slickers on. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, this is not, I, I didn't I didn't want that. And I just had to, I had to just audibly kind of tell myself, like, man, no one's going to, no one's going to go super low today. Like, John Rom shot 61 or 2 or 3 or whatever he did on Saturday, so. That's not going to happen again. You have to worry about that. Like, it's literally impossible to do that. And I just knew, I was like, man, if I can just make some good swings and get comfortable, like, I'm going to be fine. And and you said your nerves were a, a mess. Like, well, it doesn't look like it on camera, right? Like, the whole time we're yeah, watching yeah, this. Yeah, it never like, looks oh, like it. No, er, well, everybody's nervous. I just, every, I just kept thinking, like, like man, there's been a lot of people that have won this tournament. Like, <laughs> somebody wins this tournament every year, you know? Like, I can do this. It, Somebody did it. But how are you, you know, how do you ever, I, I don't know. I'm a nervous wreck when I played tournament golf. So I, I view all that through that lens, right? Of how, how do you stand over a shot, you know, it, it, with a, with a four or five shot lead and not think about John Vandeveld and not think about, uh, what oh, it's like, yeah. what like, is that going through well, your head? Especially cause there you've got 17 and 18 and like, you know, you got guys hitting it out of bounds and making nines on 18 guys are going all over the place on 17. But, uh, man, at some point, you just got to pull your drawers up and just execute golf shots. And I executed golf shots all week. I knew I was swinging at it really well. And, you know, I just trusted I trusted what I had. Um, had a couple bumps, you know, made, made some bogeys, but bounced back, you know. That, that was big. Like, I always bounced. Like, anytime I made a bogey, I almost always buried the next hole. And so I didn't have long to, like, waller in that, you know, that, oh, what, you know, here it goes or – but it's hard, man. And my agent and I, agent Jeremy and I, we talked a lot about it. Uh, like, look, he told me, he's like, look, it's going to get hard at some point. You know, there's going to be a time and the way that you deal with that time is going to determine whether you win or, or don't. And so I just decided every time something like that happened that I was just going to meet it head on and to just plow through it. Did you learn anything or draw off anything from 2017? You were the 54-hole leader at the U.S. Open at uh, Aaron Hills. You yeah, final round yeah, 72. They, you lost, it kept going, ended up winning that by four, I think. But what what did you? That wasn't the final round you were looking for on that golf course. What did you learn from that process? Yeah, I mean, you talked about like not caring about what people think. Like, I mean, I can remember looking at Instagram and you know, reading all reading these. I mean, just dumb. Just reading these comments. You know, it was the first time I'd been, like, in the mix in, like, a really big major championship. And, um, yeah, so it's not like I'm – it's not like I'm impervious to, like, making bad decisions because I made bad decisions. I didn't sleep well. I looked at my phone too much. And I didn't I didn't do the stuff that had gotten me a one-shot lead. Like, I was playing better golf than probably anyone. I was playing great. I was striking it so good. Um, and I just had – it had about six holes that cost me that golf tournament, you know, the, uh, on Sunday, if I could have just settled down and gotten into a better spot, um, I think I could have played a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I mean, I won. I mean, Brooks played great. I mean, he beat me, 
but I didn't, I didn't do myself any favors. Well, and that's what, you know, it, it, you're not, your name doesn't roll off the tongue going into major championships of like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is, it's Brian Harmon time, right? It's not, you're not off at a, yeah, right. it's not off at a topic of conversation, but internally, like, how do you, did you have to convince yourself that you could win a major? You hadn't won on tour. I think it had been, uh, when was your, your most recent win before that? It wasn't like yeah, 17, yeah, 17, it had 17 and been a little while. Fargo. So yeah. Um, yeah. Those thoughts rattle around for sure. But I mean, I've won big golf tournaments. Yeah. I've won PGA Tour events. When I was a junior golfer, I won the U.S. Junior. I, mean, I won big golf tournaments. The biggest golf tournaments that I was in, I won. And so I knew that I could do it. I, just because I hadn't done it doesn't mean that I didn't think that I could. I mean, my play, I mean, it certainly surprised me because I was like, I'm playing really good. <laughs> I'm playing really good. And, like, I was more, I was like, my my brain is in a really good spot here. And if I like I knew that if I kept doing that, that that I was gonna be really hard to beat, and um, it was just a nice, it was a nice feeling to just be able to keep like going, going, and going, and going, and you got you get done with the tournament. It's one thing like if you know like Wells Fargo, I make a long, very last two holes, make a long putt, sneak up, win a golf tournament. But that one was like tournament could have been ten days, you know. Hmm. That's that's a good feeling. What was the, uh, what was your, again, probably 36 year old, uh, Brian Harmon handling this a little bit differently, but this hunting storyline that emerged, I guess you go, we're from, uh, it's a different culture here in the U S than it is over, over in Europe and in the UK. But, uh, it was, you know, you walk off the golf course playing some of the best golf of your life and you get asked about, uh, this hunting hobby where there, there seems to be some, I love, I love that. Yeah. That's what we're doing tomorrow. Here's my beaver trap. <laughs> the beaver right trap. Uh, and are, are you confused by this? The, all the, the fact that this is all of a sudden a storyline? Well, it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, man, sure. I ask me a lot of questions about what I like to do in my free time. Uh, nah, man, that's a, that's a hill I'll die on. I mean, we eat wild meat at my house a lot. My kids love it. My kids will grow up down at the farm. It just, I, I don't, I don't get why it's such a big deal. Like, I, I guess it's, it's just cause it's so for them, like hunting's a part of like being the aristocracy. You know, it's like, you know, guys in red coats chasing down dogs on horses, uh, you know, fox hunting with dogs and horses and stuff. And like, for me, like hunting's like Daniel Boone, like pushing through the Cumberland Gap and like boiling down bear grease to like to have enough fat to survive. Like, that's like how I see it. So, you know, if someone stands up with a leather belt and wants to talk to me about where I get my food from and why I hunt animals, it's like. We're not really having the same conversation. It got a little out of control too. Is Brian the butcher? Oh, they just kept going. They wanted. They wanted to do the. I mean, so the Brian the butcher. That was funny. <laughs> oh, they thought. Uh, yeah. So they do. Well, they asked me like, well, "What do you do with all the animals that you kill?" I was like, "Well, I butcher them. <laughs> you butcher them and we eat them. Like, I don't, what, what else would you do with them?" And so the next day, it's like, "Oh, Brian the butcher." <laughs> and it, they thought they're like, "Oh, this will really piss him off." I'm like, "That is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> There was one too. It said something about like who, based on the fact that you were a hunter, that the who knows what's going to go in the claret jug. I was like, what? What do you? How do you think this thing works? You think he just like pours yeah. animal blood into the into the claret jug? Like, I don't think that's no. quite how it works. No, no, just good bourbon wine. We put wine. We put really nice wine. In. I was going to say what went in. The, what, what went in the claret jug? Yeah, a bunch bunch of wine. It fits. It, I mean, it's a decanter, so <laughs> 750 milliliters fits perfect. <laughs> Look at that. Even use the metric system. There you go. Uh, you're ready for this DP World Tour crossover. but Yeah, they, uh, they, 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 they wanted to ask about the tractor. Um, yeah, I just I, I couldn't believe. I was like, man, they're just so interested. So interested. But they, they just weren't. But that's really that owes to what I was saying earlier about you being in that Goldilocks zone, though, of like this is not a crazy underdog story. And then all of a sudden people are like, all right, we got to make this. There's a lot of press there. We got to make this storyline sing. What is it? And, uh, you know. <laughs> You're like, I guess, again, back to what I was saying, like your attitude, just kind of like, I, say what you want about me. I don't really care. I'm not going to overshare here. I'm not going to give you more than you need. And uh, so they just left them kind of searching for something. But um, I, I thought it was fun. You, you called it, it the best tournament in the world. I agree with that. Why do you think the Open Championship is the uh, best tournament in the world? Well, they invented the game. So we'll start there. It's the oldest major championship. Um, I love the golf over there. I think it's so cool. We talked about – I talked about the grass for a minute. We play on native grasses there, and that's why we – not we. They 
let the weather dictate the score. Here we kind of try to force a score, and the weather gets in the way sometimes. But there, if you show up and it's been raining, the course is green. If it's been dry, the course is brown. So I just think like like that symbiotic nature between nature and what the course is set up like, I think it's like the coolest thing. I agree. That's what I love about, I mean, just links golf in general. And it just, you're always trying to make your ball stop and st- instead of making it fly somewhere, you know, you're, uh, you're worried about runouts into bunkers. That's it mitigates kind of the, it, it helps mitigate the, the distance issue. I think in golf makes you think creatively. It allows more different playing styles to be competitive. You got to, think about windows you got to think about you know how much you know it's not just a a yardage you're reading off the card to to say i'm going to hit it this far because you got to think about your trajectory and it's just it's a it's a brain it's great yeah and there's a hundred different ways to play every different golf shot you have to be able to flight the golf ball to play good over there you have to be able to compress the golf ball to play over there like you can't dink it around like that turf is hard to compress a golf ball and it and it exacerbates less than solid golf shots like it is i just feel like it's the ultimate test as far as like where your game is how much control over your golf ball you have like there's just no there's not a lot of faking it there i i don't think like you have to be able to hit solid golf shots or the end or the wind will eat it to pieces um and i like golf that's played forward i don't like when golf balls come backwards at me like like i hit it that far like why is it coming backwards (laughs) like i don't i don't and and you know, it's just it's just unique. I just find it so interesting that like you can take a group of Americans that love golf and take them over to St. Andrews and they'll play and it's it could be completely baked out. It won't be one piece of green on the whole place and they look around and be like, This is the coolest golf course in the world. But if you took that golf course and you built it in the middle of like Tennessee or South Carolina, people would go play and be like, Why is the grass brown? <laughs> like like what difference does that make? This is this is this is what it's supposed to be like. This is it. Well, and that's what just adds this whole other layer to it too, of just the appreciation for what all like truly God's creation of glaciers and sand and like what has led to this turf being the exact way it is and how much it it dictates the most enjoyable style of golf in my favorite sport. Right? It just is. It's scratch. Like there's probably my 25th favorite course in Scotland is like. Would, would rank in my top five if it was in the U.S., right? Just because I just love playing that style sure. so much. That's going to be so fun to For compete sure. on, right? That, and it, it just it comes with the, the coolest title in golf, which people don't talk about enough, champion golfer of the year. It, has nothing to, it doesn't say open championship golfer. It's champion golfer of the year. Yeah. Like it's the dopest title you could possibly have. It's a fun trophy. It's a fun trophy to party with, too, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real party favor anywhere you take it. Are you allowing yourself to think even a little bit about Ryder Cup before that final putt drops? Like, are, are you thinking about that on Saturday night? What comes with the win? Maybe mm, potentially nothing. No, not I didn't. I, I didn't think about it. I wanted, obviously, I mean, I, I wanted the tournament to be over. <laughs> and I wanted it to be over in the correct way. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think about the Ryder Cup till afterwards. Not very long afterwards, because you're walking back to the to the to the green to get your trophy, and you. Uh, chirp a little something at, at ZJ on your way. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, all right. So I do have a story about that. So I know how that looked, but that's, that wasn't what I was talking about. I know that it looks like I was flexed on him. Like, Oh, now what? I see where this is uh, going. Yeah. But no, but no, because he won the open championship and he's looking and I'm like, what happens now? Like, I, I don't know what happens now. That's, that's truthfully what, <laughs> but the look on his face, I had to call him. I was like, I was like, all right, we need to talk. That's not what I meant. I swear. But uh, it's funny. <laughs> still funny, though. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> Look like a Kirk Cousins. What, what is he? That's, you like that. Why you like me now? You like that, yeah. like that, yeah. But that crystal, I mean, you know, you're probably not thinking how the standings are going to shake out, but you got to think you're pretty close to an automatic bid uh, after winning that. And then that's something, you know, you've been on the tour for a long time. That's not something uh, you've never been a part of any of the U.S. teams in President's Cup or, or Ryder Cup before. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, that's Yeah, man, it was, it was so cool. Um, it, it was awesome. Obviously, I wish it had turned out different. I wish we had a couple more days to get after him. I felt like, you know, if we had two or three more days, we could have really gotten close. Um, can I can I pause you on that then right there? Yeah, sure. This, this, this The Ryder Cup was scheduled to start on Friday, September, whatever it was, and conclude on Sunday. We knew that information going into it, right? And it seemed like 
it, almost immediately it seemed like, well, all of a sudden the U.S. side was like, oh, well, we had too much competitive All these things that contributed to to put behind the eight ball. And now I'm like, well, wait a second here, guys. Like this was all yeah. this. I feel like this could have been planned for here. What if you could go back in time and change things? It's, it, how would it's so hard? It, well, it's so hard because like we we grind all year. And you get down at the tour championship and like, man, you got it. You have to have a break. Yeah. Like you have to, like, it's been, you know, eight months of just like, I mean, that's all you got. And then you've got to try and like pull the rabbit out of the hat again. And so you can't help but take a little bit of a break. Um, I don't know what the answer is because I don't think as Americans, I don't think we're going to keep playing. Like I don't, I don't think we'll, you know, if you've got, if you've afforded yourself a little bit of time and your body needs it, I mean, you're just toast, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard deal because like, like there is a certain amount of pageantry involved with the Ryder Cup. That's like, that makes it super unique. And it's something that we don't do very often, but at the same time, like it's war, man, it is absolute war. And you know, trying to marry those two things, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard deal. Like I sympathize with, uh, the PGA of America because they put on like this beautiful event and there's so much history and there's so many events and like so many things that are so great about it. And then like, we're trying to win as well. And it's just really hard to get that mix right. And I mean, say what you want. The guys, the guys made more putts than we did. Okay. They putted better. I keep hearing that one, and the day they, putted, dude, they made every they made every <sighs> putt they looked at. Right, I mean every putt they looked at. The the numbers don't and, and they outball like the struck you guys the, too. That the numbers show they, out they, that they outball. They play better. Yeah, they they definitely did. Yeah, they so, play better. But they just played better. But that's that's where like that's the been the added. It's been seven straight times, right, on the U.S. side. I know you've only been part of one. You can't answer for the previous. I'm only six. on one. <laughs> I can only I can only take credit for being zero one. But it's it seems to be that reaction every time of they just play better. They just play better. And you said like, this is war. And I would say as a fan and an outside observer and talking to some of the captains and assistant captains on the European side and all that. I would say they're outmaneuvering the U.S., right? They are thinking about this stuff so far in advance. They're having guys play practice rounds. They're playing actual tournament rounds together. They're playing matches. They're trying to, you know, they a big thing they wanted to do is play three-hole matches, right, in their practice rounds. They wanted to get up early. They were up early in every like, – they are doing so much stuff in preparation that it seems like the U.S. team is – uh, a bit overly reliant on a massive amount of talent, yet not having the full understanding. It's been like seven times doing this. Like when you go over to Europe, it's different, and they haven't been able to lean on that talent. And again, I, I'm asking you to speak for seven years of history on it, but it's just like it, it, it does. Like Jordan said that in the press conference afterwards, and I wanted to just raise my hand, and be like, they made more, but like, yeah, they did a lot of other stuff too. So I'm wondering if you. If that's just a media, if you think that's just a media created thing, or if there's anything to glean from like how Europe has managed to do this and the U.S. can do in the future, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got some thoughts. Okay, well, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's ways. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go way into it, uh, but I, I do think there's, I think there's things that that, that we could do. I'm not, you know. Our, our record over here is 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 pretty good, and uh, yeah, man, they just you know they, they they just whipped our ass right out of the gate, and by the time that it's you know by the time it's settled down, I really think if we had two more days, we we probably you know we were coming, we, we were coming, I, and, and like so the Ryder Cup's over, and we're all partying together afterwards, like we're partying with the European team, like it's over. And a few of them said the same thing, like, you know, y'all y'all were coming. I was like, yeah, I know we were. We just – it's only three days. It's a three-day golf tournament, and you got 36-hole guys aren't used to playing 36 holes. I mean, it's there's it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Hmm. It really is. It, it, it's a it's a lot. But, but you know, if we play that tournament a week later – Who knows what we, happens. We, you know? You know? Yeah. There's the breaks, man. Yeah, break. I get, it, but for where I'm, Georgia lost to Alabama. I, I know, but just they won two. They be you know they won the two previous years, right? Like so if you're sitting where I'm sitting, right? If you look at seven of these, it's kind of yeah. like yeah, you know, maybe next time around, it's like well, gosh, it just feels like something needs to change. I don't know what, right? Like that's what that's the. How thing. How would you change it? What, what would you? Well, what would you it, what, what's your idea? Well, to me, it seems like Europe is way better at 
like Roy, like led by Rory and Rom of like checking their the you know their their jersey that has the back their name on the back at the door before they walk in, right? And they are totally at the whim of the entire team, right? And it just seems it's not that the US players are not you know, don't check their egos. They just don't seem to have that willingness to sell out for this team aspect, right? And willingness to, it's not as simple as going out and cheering on your teammates, but it is a culture aspect that just seems to, uh, it's just, I think it's contributed to like the individualistic nature of Americans naturally compared to Europeans. Like I, I do think it's what makes this debate and, and conversation so interesting is, and that's what makes this golf tournament my favorite in the world. It just seems like they are able it is an awesome golf dude tournament. if you take the individual awesome. pieces like i'll take the u.s team every freaking time man like it is a, a more talented bunch like the numbers would show that out but how does this other group bound together to play this amazing golf right they did make more putts and they did hit it better but how and why right but they do it they do it every time so how and why right aren't you curious how and why they can't all be luck every time yeah maybe maybe uh maybe they'll start Giving some of their secrets away. They're, they're listen, I mean, I, listen I, to our pod. They're a bunch of them are giving them a, a bunch of them. Paul McGinley gave a bunch. Eduardo Molinari. And uh, I, that's why I was like, Padraig Harrington after Whistling Straits was like, yeah, they've copied everything. That's why I was like, oh, U.S. team's got this. They've, they've got the model. And it just seemed like, uh, again, every time in Europe, there's just that punch in the face immediately. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, Baxter in the second group out and Victor Hovland chips in the first hole. I mean, it's Sick. just we're only one down or something like that. And like – you know, it's like, what do you do? I don't know how to, I don't know how to go seven under through eight holes alternates. I mean, they just, sometimes you just get beat, man. I know. It, it, and it sucks because like, you want there to be a better answer. I know. Like you, you want there to be like, Oh, well, if we just did this different or if we just like got there earlier, or if we just did that, it's like, Oh man, they got the momentum. Like, like they just, they got up in every match immediately. Like they birdied that first hole. They birdied that set or they par that second hole. And they were just off and running. Hmm. What was it like competing in that event and play like that's man it's so cool fun it's so cool like Max and I will have this bond of playing together and you know winning two matches on Saturday together like we'll talk about that forever like it was so cool I feel like it's like you get a chance like I make a long I make a, make a long putt and win a tournament on tour like I felt I, I got I feel like I got to feel that like fifteen times over three days at the Ryder Cup. Like you just don't get the feel that that you don't you're not in that spot that often individually, but in that thing, like you make a big par putt on like fourteen to stay two up, and it's like winning golf tournament feel good. Well, that's the thing that makes this tournament unique too. Is it feels like a lot of stroke play golf. It's all about how it finishes, or at least that's how it plays out on television. Is like the end is what everyone cares about. But Ryder Cup match play is about getting up early. Like it's about what happens early, uh, especially in the team stuff, man. Yep, get up early and and. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's hard, especially the, especially the alternate shot stuff. I, mean, I feel like that's where they smoke us. You know, you know that's a good point, man. They play a lot more of that stuff, and that was always a big thing when we play Walker Cups. Like, hey, man, if we can like hold you know hold court with these guys, alternate shot, we're gonna smoke them in the singles. Um, but what, yeah, man, they just they they played they played really good. What's your what's your lasting memory? The, like the the one thing you'll take you know until you die, the thing you'll remember about that week. Man, I just think um, I just think Max and I on Saturday is like one of the coolest days ever. And we both like we get done, and we're both like damn near crying. Just like man, how fun was that? It was like oh, just like good fun. It was fun being out there with your buddy and watching him, like he played so good, especially in that afternoon he played. I mean, he carried us in the afternoon and um, it's just cool to see a guy like Max is obviously, I mean, he's one of the best golfers on the planet. Um, And to see him like in full, like executing like perfect frame of mind and like knowing right where his emotions were and to watch him just like, ultimate place like where he is just it's like everything is just so good it's like you you don't get to see you don't get to see that like i don't get to see that a lot you know i'm playing against him all the time but i don't get to see it like up close and like he hits this you know he hits some of these shots you're just like 
damn, bro, that was good. <laughs> that was good. That was great. That was fun. I enjoy, I'm glad I was alive for that. Glad I got to see that. Well, we we crossed paths with you guys as you guys were leaving the presser on Saturday night, and I remember like overhearing, or I don't even know if you were directing this at us or we were walking by because the, the, all the conversation was about the the hat, all the hats, the hat stuff, the hat stuff, and. you guys seem so genuinely confused yet. You know, there's all this reporting that's been out about, you know, the things Cantlay said and, and all this, like, take us, take us through everything, everything that you were aware of prior after all of it. Nothing. (laughs) It it, it never came up. I can remember. uh, So Justin Thomas and I, we had, we had never really, we just hadn't really hung out that much. We didn't know each other that great. We'd played together several times, but you know, he's a lot younger than I am, and we just don't have – we didn't have a whole lot in common. We didn't have a lot to talk about. He doesn't hunt and fish. You know, he's he's full-on, you know, serious golfer. He's very good. And so him and I didn't really run in the same circles. And through this process, him and I are going to be really close. Like, Justin's awesome. He's a great guy. We joke. He's got a – he's one of the funniest guys out there. And I can remember asking him – uh, or he, I just remember him commenting like after we play this practice session and we're flying back, he's like, well, if we lose, it will not be for a lack of camaraderie. Cause we literally had like, we part, we had the best time. And, uh, he's like, we almost like having too much fun. Like it's almost like too happy to be here. So I mean, everyone got along great. Like, I don't know where this stuff like about the locker room came from, but everyone got along great. Like, and, and, if they didn't, I would tell you. <laughs> I don't, you know, I would I would say, but everyone got along great, you know. So uh, the hat stuff, I, I I didn't even notice that Patrick wasn't wearing a hat. And if anything, it just became a rallying call call, call like and like we got done with that presser. Uh, Patrick made the point. He's like, man, I appreciate y'all like sticking up for me. And we're like, well, these guys are assholes. <laughs> like, not, you know, like like it hadn't even hadn't even come up. And um, I don't understand. I don't understand what the big deal. If someone if someone thinks that uh, they they should get paid for that week, I don't see why that is such a like a. I don't see why people get so much grief for like thinking that. Like you got, you know, on the first tier, you know, on the first you got you know, um, Sevy's everywhere. Sevy's the hero. It's like, well, they banned him for two years because he wanted to get paid. <laughs> Like so, why is it? Why is it such a? I don't get why it's a, it's it's a fine it's a fine conversation to have. Like you can make points a hundred which ways on both sides. Like I don't get why someone's a villain villain because they want to get paid for work they do. Like that doesn't that doesn't bother that doesn't bother me at all. I would play for free. I would also pay play if they paid me. <laughs> I'm gonna try just as hard both ways. Like I think it's the coolest golf tournament we play in. Um, I would happily go there for free because I think it's the new thing. Now, if you wanted to pay me for my time and be like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take money for my time. It'd be great. So it feels like to me, it, uh, it's just a lot of stuff that was kind of all combined in one, right? There, there two things can be true. Like you can, you know, want to be paid for playing in the Ryder cup. And also like the team can get along very fine and not be fractured. Right. I think like the bridging of in that reporting that was saying the team is fractured because some guys want paid and said, and I don't, that, talking to people in and out of the locker room, none of that seems to be accurate. Right. So I don't know if it, it doesn't seem like it was nearly of the distraction. I can totally see Patrick making the comments he made. I can see how he gets there. I kind of fundamentally disagree with it. I think that, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with it, but like, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it's a hard one. It's such, it, it's like, even I can tell you're a little, you're a little touchy about it. <laughs> you're a little, well, no. So dude. here's, here's my, my overall stance on it. Right. Is like, I get that. Like you show up and there's hospitality to your left and to your right and in front and there's TV commercials everywhere and all this stuff. And like, you're not getting paid to play in the event. I understand fundamentally like that, like people profiting off you guys, your labor is just in, in a, in, in a uh, broad sense is not, doesn't sit right. You know? my stance on this, you know, and, and where I would struggle with like the can't lay specifically taking the stance is like, that's built off of the equity of people that have put in, you know, the effort that's been put in this event over the years. Right. And yeah, that hospi- oh, yeah. whether or not Patrick Cantley or Brian Harmon shows up on that first tee, those hospitalities are going to be sold. Right. So not necessarily, you're not necessarily the value driver of this. It is a hundred, almost a hundred years of this event that kind of sparks that. Right. So now all of a sudden, 
pausing, you know, pausing the ball and, and saying like, we deserve to be paid for this. It's kind of like, that's just not going to sit well with people like in yeah, where I'm no, sitting no, no. and I, golf I fans. Thought of it, I had thought of it that way. That's a good point. You know, but I, the, the only, I'm not going to make a counter cause that's a, that's really well put, well thought out, but the only counter, not counter, but like, so Patrick makes, I guess he birdies 16, 17, 18, the one where there was the kerfuffle on oh, yeah. the 18th hole. Like, I mean, Pat that makes that sick. putt. He, I mean, he is like, I mean, just Patty Ice, man. I mean, full on like gangster stuff, right? And it's like at that point, you're like, like the money that all the yeah. money stuff. Like that guy, all he wanted to do was to win that match. It could have been for two cents, and like, like that stuff is what's beautiful about that golf tournament. And that's like where you don't get to see you don't get to see Pat like get like fired up that often. He was he was hotter than a pistol. That's what I'm saying. Like you could still want to be paid for it and still give your maximum effort for team the U.S. team and be a positive contributor to the team. That's why I just think it was all kind of, you know, it, it, yeah. All uh, that 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 was all media because Pat. I mean, Pat wanted to. I mean, he's trying as hard as he possibly can, <laughs> and like a lot of people. I mean, we were all we were all sick, man. We were sick. What Bro, was we it? Sick. What was what was going on? I don't around? know, man. COVID, flu, who the hell knows? We were sick. Though. I was sick as a dog all day Friday, Saturday. Pat was sick. Xander got sick. Ricky was really sick to start the week. We were all on antibiotics and trying mm. to stay away. And, and um, shoot, man. I mean, it killed me. Or Friday, Friday, I went. I went home. Um, Max and I lost in the morning. And I was supposed to play Friday afternoon. I'm like, like, well, I'm dying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm dying out here. Like, I'm cold sweats. Like, and I, like, I didn't even stay around and watch the matches, and it killed me. Yeah. Like, Davis comes up. He's like, bro, you got to go get some rest because you're going to play all day tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, all right, fine. I'll leave. But, um, yeah, dude, I mean, most of us didn't even stay around Friday. The guys that weren't playing. And that's like, I mean, all of us would have killed to stay there and watch the very end, but. I mean, we were we were struggling, dude. I'm telling you, I don't like. I hate I hate even like saying that stuff because you're not making excuses. Because we played fine Saturday and Sunday, but I mean, we were on antibiotics. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Like no athlete ever is gonna. You just never win that battle in court of public opinion, right? Of like, I'm sick. I was, well, plus like, and say, it, like yeah, a lot of times you play really well when you're sick. Sure, like it's. Just, I mean, that's not. But but they are like. You know, when you're trying to play 36 holes and stuff. Oh, for sure. Like, we, like, Max, Max closed the match out Saturday afternoon. Like, I was totally fine Saturday morning, played really well Saturday morning, and played nine for about, tw- I played really well for about 12 holes Saturday afternoon, and then it left me. Mm. Like, I had no energy. Max, Max gets us through the house. He hits a great shot on 17. We close him out two and one or whatever. And I'm like, and thank God <laughs> we finished <laughs> this match on this hole. I was like, I don't know if I could pick. The golf club up on the next tee box. That's yeah. That's an area I can't lob any criticism because everything has to line up absolutely perfect for me to even play an average round of golf. Right? If you throw one variable in there, <laughs> backs a little bit yeah. bottom. No, no, eighty-one, no matter what. But uh, what what was Saturday night like, and what was the conversation? Did you guys have a conversation about all going hatless, and are you personally freaking out about uh, the the potential of everybody going? Oh hatless? yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I told them right away. They were like, "Oh, we should go hatless." I'm like, "Guys, I love y'all, and I'm all about solidarity, but I will fry this nugget." I was like, "I, ha- I have to wear it as safety. It's, it's it's just in the in the. Oh, it's for the greater good. Oh. I got kids, man. I can't be getting spots in my head." Well, I want to end it with this, and maybe you can. Uh, as 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 my career evolves in, into uh, into parenthood, I, I I find the 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 pros out there balancing fatherhood. The questions to be interesting in terms of how do you how do you do you, does your career the physical aspect of your career get you out of any of the labor that goes into putting a kid to bed, bathing a kid, any of the awkward lifting? Dad back's a very real thing. I can testify this. Carrying around a 13 pound dumbbell around your house for 45 minutes yeah, can hurt. No, like, it's, uh, do you do yeah. you, sleep is is all different? How do you manage it? I pull the card very yeah. very rarely because I, I enjoy being a dad. It's one of my favorite things I do, and. I like being there for my kids. I like trying to leave all the golf at, at the golf course. I don't do a great job of it sometimes, but I do my best. And my kids don't care if I play good or or not. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I pulled my back <laughs> bad trying to drive this big truck, you know. And 
I'm trying to get my son out, and I'm like, oh god, there it went. You know, like uh, it's uh, it happens. It's real, sure. man. It's totally it's, real. It's for sure. I, I think Pat and my buddy, I think he broke his toe on you know some kid's toy or something. Uh, and if you're but, 25 years old, listen to this. You are rolling your eyes at us. But oh man, yeah, it, you're like, oh. but we all get there. It's uh, coming. Do you do the you. kids travel? <laughs> do the kids travel with you? And, and do you get to? Oh hotel yeah, with- man, we're loading everybody up Saturday to a couple in Hawaii. Go two to- hotel rooms. Uh, 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 let's, yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do two. At, okay, we'll do two in Maui and two in Honolulu. I apologize to everyone sitting around us. My one and a half year old's a nightmare. So. <laughs> it's gonna be a long flight. So yes, it is. All right. We yeah, I'll just start drink I'll just start drinking early and be like, ah, too drunk to be a dad. Good luck, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> I haven't managed to get that one figured out. If you got any advice on that, uh, I'll, I'll try that it. one. I'll don't try it. that one. So you'll be a bad husband. All right, man. We're gonna let you go. We really appreciate your time. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, Best man, of luck it. with the new season. And uh we look forward to doing it again sometime. Hope we cross paths soon. Take care. All right. Yeah, man. Same to you, bro. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Cheers.